Welcome to the NBDA podcast, interviews with industry leaders and subject experts from across the business development world. Join us as we talk about real-world experiences, challenges, and opportunities that can take your career to the next level. The NBDA podcast is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Discover more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, Dave Spray. Hi, this is David Spray, and welcome to the National Business Development Association podcast. Our guest today is Mike Siegel here in Houston, the president and founder of Notice Solutions, a IT web development, web optimization company here in Houston. And we had a great conversation. Mike's uh, really been involved in NBDA since really the inception, and I think he's been on the board virtually since inception as well. He may be one of the longest-serving board members. So on the conversation, we talked about uh, a bit about his business, some lessons he's learned. We talked about how he became involved in NBDA, some of the things he enjoys most about being a part of NBDA, being on the board how much business development he does, uh, some business development best practices, how he builds rapport, ways he recharges on the mountain bike, and uh, a variety of other things. And uh, it was a really great interview. Mike's a really bright, engaging guy who really has just a wealth of knowledge around business development and relationship building. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks, David. Glad to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. So let's, I'm a chronological uh, learner. So let's start with what brought you to Houston, Texas? <laughs> the oldest reason in the book, a girl. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was living in, I graduated from UT with chemical engineering and then went to San Antonio for a couple of years and left San Antonio, went to Dallas working for a marketing firm. And I was there and I was dating this girl in Houston. And then I decided to get my MBA and it was either Colorado or U of H. Probably should have chosen Colorado because it's more fun, <laughs> but and I like to ski, but I ended up going to U of H which I do not regret. And we obviously broke up eventually. And it was a great decision because I ended up meeting my wife at U of H during my MBA, got married. She had two kids at the time, still does, of course, but they were quite young when we got married. So, and we had another daughter later on. So all in all, it was a great decision. To come to Houston. So I've got a question. What MBA program were you considering in Colorado? Well, I was just, remember? no, I don't. Cause it was 87 and it was basically the MBA MIS. I was in information sciences or information systems. That's okay. what I was doing. So it was that kind of thing. And it was the same kind of thing in, in Houston as well. I just wanted to be in, I was in technology. I was in technology when I, I got see. Out. So I was just going to do technology. So that's information. No, she did international business and I did information sciences. 
Okay. Well, the reason I ask is I also have an MBA from U of H, but I was contemplating getting my MBA from the University of Denver. So uh, okay, just something um, wow. <laughs> that, uh, that we have in common. Okay. So that brought you to Houston. Yep. And then what, what prompted you? I guess you were one of the founders of Notice Solutions. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I started Notice Solutions. So I worked at, after I got out of my MBA, I worked with Accenture and then I went to Exxon before it was ExxonMobil. Then I went to Compaq before it was HP. I went through like four mergers at Compaq. Then I went to mm-hmm. some small internet startups and then decided I was tired of working for somebody else and letting them make all the profits. So I started to decide in 2003, decided to start my own company. And I was basically doing the same thing I was doing in the small companies, which was web development. And that's blossomed into our business. That's great. I love uh, an entrepreneurial success story. What, what's, how do you describe your elevator statement or what is your elevator statement? So Notice Solution works with mid-market companies with their internet presence. So when we first started 19 years ago, it was, hey, do you have a website? No. Do I need one? Yeah, you probably do. So it's evolved to, you know, we work with mid-market companies with their internet presence, which is more than just a website nowadays, to give them more revenue, leads, and market share by helping them be found on the internet. And it's not just your website that needs to be found. It's your website, your social media, your everything. So does that like involve SEO? Yeah. So yeah, we have three parts to our business. We have, you know, website design and hosting. We have search engine optimization, social media marketing, pay-per-click, and we have application development. So client says, I want to redesign my site. It's like, okay, fine. But how do your clients or potential clients interact with you? Are there ways to make it easier for them to talk to you or to work with you? Well, yeah, we have these processes. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can automate those. And it evolves to where they end up using all three parts of our business eventually. Okay. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Could you give us just, you know, I love stories, examples. Could you give us an example like of a client success story, you know, even if you don't mention them by name? Sure. You're sure, just kind sure. of describing like, you know, what problem they came with and how did you help them? Yeah. So there's a logistics company. You know, some of these companies that come to us, it's like, you do what? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'll go look it up. Company, they do drayage. Yeah. And, uh, they go to the port. They pick up these, these, inform- they pick up all this stuff from the port, take it back to their warehouse. And then the client calls them and says, I need this ship to wherever. And they have a shipping company and they ship it out. Well, they had a, a website that was developed by a, a student, a friend of theirs. Okay. And a referral guy I played tennis with said, Hey, they, this guy's a, one of those guys is like, You need something? I know a guy. So he tells the the CEO, I know a guy. So he he calls me when they're having lunch and he hands the guy the phone. So I guess this is probably a pretty good lead. Let's not screw this up. So we ended up redesigning their website. They, as I said, they used truckers. So they needed, their application was five pages long because 
the truckers, they can pretty much take about anybody, but they want to know what level of education and history you've got. So they were asking them what grade school they went to. I mean, they go that far back. Okay. They, they can take that level. So they're, we took their, so they did two parts of our business. We did their website. We host it. We designed it. We did application development for this very complicated application they had. And we wrote all their content. So we did some research on them and their competitors, which kind of dips into our SEO business. You know, what are keywords are being used to find your business? They used our photographer. We took a drone and took a drone over their big, huge, monstrous facility. And then we superimposed the logo on top of their building and put it at the bottom of their, on the footer. Looks really nice. cool. Nice. Really cool. So we get done with all that. And they go, well, we want more business because we're planning ahead. I said, well, okay, we need to do some search engine optimization, social media marketing, maybe some pay-per-click. Right, give me a proposal. Give me a proposal. So we started doing that with them probably two years ago. And they've been averaging about 50 to 75 new leads per month over the last two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, they're not all great leads, but maybe half of them are good leads, but that's 25 to 40 more than they had before we started doing this. Oh, that's awesome. So that's the kind of stuff that we can do when we take on the entire breadth of a client's internet presence. Well, that's awesome. That, that, yeah, I definitely can, can appreciate the, uh, the value of that. Maybe we need to talk more after the interview. Cause I'm, I'm got some, I'm wondering if there's some ways you could help our business. Sure. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about the reason for the podcast, the National Business Development Association. Okay. So how did you get involved with NBDA and uh, how'd you get involved uh, with being on the board? Well, I met Christine a little over 10 years ago, and she and I talked about MBDA, and she said, do you want the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never met Christine before, so I didn't know much about her. Should have taken the blue pill. Indeed. <laughs> so I took the red one, and she said, well, we need to do a website and all this stuff. Can you help me? It's like, yeah, we can do this. I can help you with this. So we did the first website, help with the logo, help with the content, help with the back-end application development. And I said, you want to be on the board? It's like, sure, I'll be on the board. What do you want me to do? So I got onto the board and I've pretty much been involved since the beginning. I helped start this thing and was on the original board. And I've stayed on the board ever since, taking on various roles throughout the 10 years. Pretty much, I guess you call me a utility player, whatever they need for me to do, I do. The positions opens up and they need somebody I take over. So oh, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. Most, not many people can say no to Christine. Yeah. And, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yes. Including me, I'm probably yeah. one that struggles the most with it or has the biggest challenge with it Of course, uh, because I'm asked more than most uh, right. requests are made of me more than uh, the average person. I would hope so. <laughs> so what what have been some of the the benefits you've enjoyed from being part of nbda and being on the board well i think first and foremost are the relationships both business and personal i mean i've developed some good friendships with a lot of people on the board and past boards as well as people i've met so something that 
was not expected when I joined the organization. But the kind of people that come into this thing are really good people and they're great friends. But I've also gotten a number of clients from several of the meetings and from the relationships I've developed over the years from NBDA. Oh, that's great. So it's been very beneficial in a lot of ways. Well, that's, that is good. I, I've not been as active as you've been, but yeah, I've had similar positive experiences from, from being a part of it. Yes. So let's shift gears a little bit or drill down more into business development. How much, uh, how much time do you spend a week in a typical week on business development or in business development activities? Well, the last year, two years have not been good because when the pandemic hit, my project managers, I hire all women project managers and typically mothers. Okay. Handle managing kids and managing all the projects from a home. They can handle my stuff pretty easily. So they're typically not the primary breadwinner as a result. So when pandemic hit, I lost my project managers because their husbands or significant others had to work from home. And with kids, someone's got to watch the kids. And since they weren't the primary breadwinners, it fell on them. So they had to quit. Mm. So my biz dev dropped to about 40% of my time. But I've recently, as of December last, I hired my first project manager back. And she also a mother, two kids, lives in Minnesota, I think. Yeah, she's also a mountain biker. And I said, yeah, I'm going mountain biking tomorrow. She goes, there'll be no mountain biking in my future. It's four degrees below zero. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, it's 70 down here, so I'm going. And so now that I've got her pretty well trained on our technologies, it'll go from 40 to 90% pretty quickly over the next month, which is where it should be. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's great. I'm glad that she's been able to backfill you on the project management side. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk some about like business development best practices. What are what are two or three that come to mind that you think are things you do that you think are useful? Well, there's a book that one of the guys in our Vistage group gave a presentation on. He's since left and moved to Colorado. Kyle. Getting Things Done is the name of the book. And the best practice is you got to stay organized or you're going to forget things. Things are going to drop. Clients are going to lose their confidence in you. And that'll just be a spiral to badness. So that is the one thing that keeps me pretty well organized. And the basic premise is the mind is the worst place in the world to store information. Right. You just got too much going on, especially if you're an entrepreneur running a business or if you're an entrepreneur working in a business and you're not the lead person, still you're an entrepreneur and that's just the worst place to store stuff. So as long as you have a really good system to stay organized and store information, you can retrieve it well and you never have to worry about forgetting stuff. Right. So that's one of the things that I pretty much live and die by. And yeah, his I, book is really good. His name is David something. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, no, I don't read a lot of business books and I was going camping out in Guadalupe National Park, and it's a 10 and a half hour drive from Houston. So I bought my very first audiobooks. I read really fast. I don't like to be read to. 
because I can read a five minute sure. book in a few days. So I, but 10 and a half hours, you know, and it's I 10 all the way. So it's basically you drive 10 hours west and then you make a right for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's not very interesting. So I just put the book on and I had a little pad of paper and I would take notes. I mean, there's nobody out there. So I listened to the book there and coming back and that's how I read it. And it's gave me a lot of good information. I live and die by it. I guess the other thing is follow-up, you know, with customers, with potential customers, with my centers of influence and referral partners, you know, you've got to follow up with all these people. And the only way to really do that is again, have a good system. And that's where the CRM comes in. You know, there's, there's a bazillion CRMs out there. Find one. Maybe it's directed at your industry. Maybe not. Pick one and implement it. You've you've got to have a way to keep track of this, the customer data that you're gathering. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mentor a, a few kids from the University of Houston in the business school, and I've even gotten them onto CRMs while they're in college because they're meeting people. I mean, the third thing is build your network. Start even before you get out of college, learning how to network, how to know what a center of influence is, what a referral partner is, and put them in your CRM. These people you meet now, you may know for 30 years of your career. And if you've got a system to keep track of all this and you're building your network, your network's going to grow exponentially. And that's what you need to build a business if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Sure. So those are the things I would do. That's uh, those are great. Stay organized, follow up and have a CRM and use it. Yeah. Yeah. So drilling down a bit more, what, what are some of the things that you find are helpful in building rapport and trust with potential clients and centers of influence? So I know this is weird, but I still believe in person to person meetings. And I, I know 20 and 21 were very challenging and the video technology helped with that. But we've been a virtual organization for 19 years since I started the company. And it took the pandemic for some of the business world to catch up with us, but it really is pretty efficient for running a company of like ours. But in terms of building rapport with prospective clients, I probably do a mix of both online. The good thing about what the pandemic gave us was if you do meet somebody and maybe they're not in Houston, because I have some clients outside of Houston, you can have a video call and now it's accepted that you don't have to fly to Dallas to meet them. Right. It's acceptable that you get on a, a video call and talk to them. And that's how I got a client in Dallas. I was referred to him by one of my referral partners and they're in Sherman, north of Dallas, and I'm, they know I'm in Houston. They know it was probably a year ago, so it was still in the middle of the pandemic. It's like, I'm not flying or driving to Dallas. Do you mind if we do a video call? And they're like, sure. So they got the CEO and the, the president in the room, and we sat and chatted for an hour and a half, and they became a client. So if anything the pandemic did is made that an acceptable form of business development, that it really wasn't acceptable before. You know, mm-hmm. software companies did it because they're all over the place and they have clients everywhere. So it was acceptable, but 
basic services companies, it wasn't as acceptable. They expected you to come and sit in their conference room. But, yeah. You know, that was the way it was done, but that's not as, so it's changed. I still like doing person to person meetings, especially with my centers of influence and my referral partners, because I like to talk with them and meet with them and say, you know, how can we help you? And what can you mm-hmm. do for me? What can I do for you? And it's just, it's good in developing a relationship that way. So, you know, that's one of the ways we do build rapport and trust with our respective clients. You know, we did a lot of, we did do a lot of face-to-face meetings over video though that were new development. Yeah. Yeah. I heard there's a, the guy that founded strategic coach, Dan Sullivan, he calls zoom. He says, it's not a communication platform. It's a transportation system. Yeah. He says, because it effectively transports you anywhere in the world without having to leave your house. And so I've gotten to where almost any phone call I have with anybody like that's scheduled, I try to do as Zoom because there's just so much more richness to it. And, you know, whether it's somebody local or a long ways away, it's like, if we're not going to meet in person, you know, let's take the extra step and do it on Zoom. I, I had a, I had a meeting this morning. That was a meeting to go over two proposals with a local uh, accounting firm and website and other stuff, right? They're, they're not far from my house, but we still did it. I have Zoho CRM and it includes a Zoom-like feature called uh, Show. Okay. And, and she, I sent her an email yesterday and said, what time can you meet? These are some times I've got. I'm standing in line at Walgreens to pick up some stuff. And she replies to me, I go on to the app on my phone, schedule the Zoho meeting on my phone, send her the meeting notice. She accepts it. And it's on my calendar from my phone. That's awesome. You know, the tech and because she's in my CRM, that meeting gets logged into my CRM. Oh, nice. Nice. But if you've got, one technology for video meetings and another technology for CRM and another technology for signing, then mm-hmm. they don't all, they don't all work together. Well, my CRM does all those things. I don't have to pay extra for a zoom or a DocuSign or whatever. I have one platform for everything and it's really cheap. It's like 320 bucks a year per person. That's awesome. It is. It's pretty outstanding, but that's how it also saves you a lot of time because you're not trying to integrate and have five different systems. Right. You're trying to think about to do something, to do it, a business transaction. Mm-hmm. So I did the meeting. I sent her the electronic proposal that she can electronically sign. She's not having to print it out, sign it, scan it, send it back. Right. I right. sign it, scan it, send it back. None of that's going on. So, you know, and I had the whole thing done from my phone. So it's the technology has definitely come a long way to help make businesses more efficient. You know, so that's, that's awesome. That is a, uh, yeah, that's a great story. What, when you're, you're not working, how do you like to uh, recharge and stay focused? Well, I mountain bike. I road bike, I play tennis, I swim. When my wife's in town, we go out with friends. She has a nonprofit. She spends some time in Barcelona every year. So when she's over there, 
I'm doing all these things. When she's here, we're going out with friends. We're going mountain biking together, playing tennis together. We play mixed doubles together. I'd like to get back into dancing again, but I got to convince her that we really can do that and not get COVID. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it can be done. So, but yeah, we, I, out, I like spending time outside, not, you know, when I'm playing tennis, even if it's 85, 90 degrees in the summer, you turn to the other guy and go, we're playing tennis on a Monday afternoon and we're sweating like crazy, but we're not in front of a computer. So mm -hmm. can life be any better? I mean, come on. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, we go, or I go mountain biking with the guys. We have a group that goes out regularly around our area and meet on Saturdays and Sunday mornings and go out for a couple of hours and, and go have lunch. And I mean, that's, you just got to get out of, get away from your computer because all, everybody went to home offices. So what that means is I can work whenever I want. And what people typically started doing was working more than they used to work because it's so convenient to sure. walk upstairs and go into the office in your pajamas, you know? So people ended up working more and they started, something's got to go. If you spend more time in that office, something else is not being, you're not spending time on something else. So it's typically the leisure stuff. Well, you can't let that happen. And we, I don't, I just, it's like, I'm going to go mountain biking today at five 30 mountain bike for an hour and then come back which means I just stopped taking phone calls and I get away from my computer. That's awesome. Yeah. That I, I enjoy getting on the, the bike to uh, decompress as well. Well, as we are uh, kind of rounding the home stretch, just a couple more questions up. So what would you say to someone who is interested in getting into business development? Maybe they're either right out of school or they've had like a technical job for a while they're wanting to transition into business development. Like what, what advice might you have for them? You uh, better love to listen. And then there's the need to know how to listen. Yeah. <laughs> and of course you've got two ears and one mouth. Do the math. Sure. Now, one of the things that people who are new to biz dev take a while to understand is that and they've probably heard this out of many people's mouths who have done training with them. And that is when you're in a business development meeting, the probability of you getting a sale increases the more talking your potential client does. If they're doing 80% and you're doing 20%, your odds just went way up because you're listening to what they're saying and not trying to figure out how you're going to respond, but you're listening and understanding. Right. Because you can't solve a problem you don't understand. So in my undergraduate in chemical engineering, all of our tests were open book, open note. If there would have been the internet, it would have been open internet. Because they didn't care where you what material you referenced. If you didn't understand how to solve a problem because you never listened in class, I don't care how many references you had, you're not going to understand how to solve the problem that the professors just put on that test. 
Sure. So if you're not listening to your client and what their issues are, how can you possibly present a solution to that problem? Oh, that, that's a great point. Yeah, well, there's a saying I heard once that said, talk about yourself and people grow bored of you after a few minutes, but let them talk about themselves and they'll talk for hours and say you're a great conversationalist. That's right. That's exactly right. That's the old two ears, one mouth, do the math. Yeah. Yep. Use them in that proportion. Yep. What do you appreciate most about being on the board of NBDA? I think the most important thing is the people I've met and the friendships I've developed. Sure. Not even the business. It's the friendships. I mean, I've got some really good friends on this board and previous boards of people who've left. I think that's the most important thing. Yep. At the end of the day, everything goes back to relationships, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the president of a company. You can't have lots of friends that, you know, that are in the company, especially with my company I've got. It's all virtual. So my people are literally spread all over the globe. So it's not, I'm not going to say, hey, let's go out and get a drink this afternoon. It's like, well, I happen to be in Kentucky hiking, so I really can't do that today. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> One of my guys lives in Clear Lake. So like, yeah, getting the meat in the middle with the traffic is just not going to work. So, you know, this having these types of friendships that are kind of spread all over Houston makes it really cool. That's that's awesome. So, two more questions. Sure. One is what do you wish you you knew when you were 25 that you know today? Wow. 25. I was in MBA school. No, I was between. What would I have told my 25-year-old self? You know what? You're going to have a great life and you're not going to regret anything. Keep doing what you're doing. Because I'm 63 and I have no regrets. Everything I've done, whether it's my job or my personal life, I'm happy with. You know, I didn't go to Colorado. I went to Houston, but I got the most amazing wife on the planet. Had two great kids, had a third, had amazing in-laws. So Houston was the right decision. Going into business was the right decision. So come have fun. Okay. That's awesome. I, I love that. Okay. We're to the final one. This one's kind of a fun question. So we're in Houston, Texas. You and I are both of us. Yep. So barbecue or Tex-Mex? <laughs> You're not going to like this answer. <laughs> Neither? I'm pescatarian. So oh, you are. I don't eat meat. So, But I would go to good company seafood because they have some really amazing dishes. But there's some really great seafood restaurants in this town. I mean, we're right next to the Gulf. Right. We get some amazing seafood in this town. So sushi and seafood restaurants, outstanding stuff. But I stopped eating meat question. about three years ago. And, uh, oh, wow, that's a tough one. If, I were, if it was three years ago and you asked me that question, I had to say barbecue. 
Okay. I'd have to say barbecue. I'm going to, I'm going to change my question and add a third option for seafood. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I just uh, stopped eating meat about three years ago and it's, I do not miss it. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, you making time to, uh, to talk with me and you've had some great uh, insights that I know the listeners will enjoy. So is there anything we didn't cover that you think we should have? No, I think we pretty much covered everything you wanted to from what you talked about before. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. Well, hey, will you enjoy uh, the start to your 2022 and be safe on that mountain bike? Thank you. You too. All right. I'll catch up with you later, Mike. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at podcast.nbda.co. And you can find out more about being a member of the National Business Development Association at nbda.co. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.